Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Disney Geeks, the podcast. I am one of your hosts, Carolyn. And I'm Rod. And today we are going to talk about the movie that Rod said is his favorite animated movie, but it's really hard to pick favorites. So we're going to talk about Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Yes. So as Carolyn said, it is very hard for me to choose, especially since I there was a point where I just watched every single like movie and like dissected all of them and watched all the behind the scenes and everything. But this is one that, like, as a kid, definitely, like, stuck with me the most. Yes. We just kind of picked not, like, princess movies, but kind of, like, favorites. Yeah. So, what are, before I get into mine, because I have very distinct memories of this, what about, what was your memories of this movie, Carolyn? So, I do remember this movie coming out. I don't remember when it came out, but I think I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 and I remember like all of the toys and all of the like cool things that they released associated with it. And I think kind of what you might consider to be like the buildup to it. But then I just remember being like kind of disappointed because, you know, you don't know anything before you go into a movie because I the one character I was like, oh, watch her be like really cool. She ended up being one of the bad guys and I was so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember enjoying the movie. Like, I remember really liking it. I just remember the profound disappointment when she ended up being, like, a bad guy. For reference, this movie came out in 2001. Thank you. Um, so for me, with these memories, I have a lot of them. So this was around the same time that, like, I remember it was this one. And then Treasure Planet came out a couple years after. It was, like, it's the high-action movies. It's, like, the adventure, like, everything. And every VHS always played the scene where Kida gets into the, the crystal. I mean, yeah. It's so weird what they describe it, but like the crystal, the ball of energy. Yeah. It was always that scene because again, I mean, to be fair, it's a really cool animated scene. Like the way that they did it is super cool. And even with the CGI elements that they put into it, it still looks pretty like 2D as opposed to it being computer generated. But I remember it always being that. I remember it always being um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on her name? The one that you just said is a the one that ends up being the bad guy in the end. Oh, it's like Hel- Helena or Helga or something. Helga, yes, yes, yes. So I just remember like my little blood. So that beginning part that they always did over and over again, be like, here, we are. like I can see frame for frame the trailer because it was played so much. The big one that I remember too is back around this time period was still when they had not the windows at Disneyland that we have now from the 60th, but just the windows they they used to use just to promote the new movies that was there for a long time i remember that window being there for a hot minute and it was i think they had i know for sure she was in the box in one of the scenes but i feel like they tried to also do the whole she's floating up to the ball of energy as one of the windows as well but that and then i also remember that they were like this is gonna be the new submarine ride we're going to like with how this movie is going to be so great, which I think it's great. But with the amount of success that we're going to have, it's going to be the new layover for the submarine voyage. And it was not. So there's just there's a lot that this movie could have been and could have been pushed into. And Disney just did not see it as a huge success. And so it got pushed to the back burner as a forgotten movie. Which is sad. And I also, oh, that's one last memory. See, like I said, there's so many things that go on with this movie with me. Um, my brother and I, mostly my brother more than me, he really liked learning the Atlantean alphabet. 
And so he tried to create his own version of the Shepherd's Journal so we could like play Atlantis. So that was another fun little thing that we had, just a pretend Shepherd's Journal and we would pretend to write an Atlantean. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. But with that being said, based on your memories, Carolyn, how would you rate this movie? Are we doing crystals? You know, let's do crystals. Okay. I'm probably going to say like a seven just because I know I remember really enjoying the movie and I know I like watched it a decent amount, but it just is one of those ones that, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of lives there. Based on my memories, it's going to be a nine out of 10 just because I was obsessed with it. Obsessed with it. So now that we have done with our memories, let's dig into this movie. So our movie opens with in a giant explosion and a giant tidal wave is coming for the island of Atlantis. And we don't know what happened. We just know there's an explosion because they tell one of the other Atlanteans that he's an idiot and they doomed them all. And so I'm like, I want to know what this dude did that like caused a huge tidal wave to show up. Yeah, but then kind of later in the movie, the king is he a kissy the king the the leader he was like well i got too ambitious and made the gods mad so it's yeah it's not really clear what created the tidal wave yeah it that's one of the problems i'll talk about later with this movie so as this is going on we start seeing that there's like some mystical energy going on and people are running to try to get to shelters and the wave is coming and we see this little girl and what looks like to be the queen and we know because they keep saying privacy and she's like, we like leave your doll. We got to get going. And all of a sudden, the mother looks up at the crystals or the spinning ball of energy. So this is going to be weird. And they call it the crystal, but they also call it like their energy source. So I don't even know what to call it. Both crystal, orb, energy, all the things. She looks up at the energy source and she gets pulled into it as the portion. Now, this is where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it until I watched it last night. I'm like, oh my God, they only saved some of them. Like, that is what also I'm like, oh my god, I thought that they, like, in, I guess when I was younger when I watched this movie, I thought the, like, banging on the force field was like, I can't get out of the city, instead of being, oh no, let me in. Yes, basically. Not everyone makes it. Not everyone makes it. Not everyone makes it. They said only the royalty, the rich people, because we're pretty darn sure that if that's by the palace, it's the rich people that got to stay, or the the nobility got to stay. Yeah, probably, because it's not a very big section of Atlantis that got saved. No. Um, And so that sinks to the bottom of the ocean, and we're like, Atlantis is gone. It's the lost empire. So we jump ahead to 1914, which is also crazy, because my history buff went in there. I'm like, oh my god, this is around like World War I. That's crazy. We meet a little nerdy dude named Milo Thatch, who gives a whole presentation about Atlantis and how to find it and how he says that people got some of the readings wrong and all these people are trying to find X, Y, and Z and that the big thing that they need in order to find Atlantis is the Shepherd's Journal, which was a guy who was able to find Atlantis and documented everything. And I love that he's like, everyone thought that they got one little room wrong. And so it's not Ireland, it's Iceland. Which I'm also like, I don't think it was called Iceland in the Viking days, but you know what? We'll go with it. Probably not, but we need to we need to use terms that everyone understands in this movie. Yes. And he I just love some of the comedic moments that he has in this where he like leans over the chalkboard and then he's like, Oh, it's stuck to my shirt. 
And X marks the spot. And then you realize he's not presenting to a room of people. He's practicing for a meeting that he misses. A meeting that he, they said we're rescheduling, but you missed it because we rescheduled it. And we just yep. let you know now. And he's like, oh, this is also when you realize that uh, his grandfather, which we don't know how important he is yet, but we know that just his grandfather plays a big part in this. And he's passed. But I just love that they're just like, he's so crazy. Like the the board members are like, he's so crazy. This we do this every single year. Like we just try to push him off. Like we need him to get out of it or whatever. Oh, we also learned that Milo uh knows how to deal with the uh the boiler. And that's his job, just to deal with the boiler. Yes, that's why they keep him around. And so I love that they brought back some of our old uh Disney voice actors because the Hall board member, I guess, is also the same guy who is Radcliffe. So I yes. thought that was, it was great. I noticed that. And I was like, oh, that you watch enough Disney movies, you start to hear similar voices. Yes. So basically, he's like, if you don't sign my expedition, I'm going to quit. And the head board member is like, listen, we need you here. Like, just get it out of your head. Like, your grandfather did the same thing where he was like obsessed with something. Just leave it alone. And Stop with this foolish dream. And Milo gets back home and he meets Helga Sin. Well, oh my gosh, Helga Sinclair. There we go. And she's like, I I work for this like very rich gal and he's got a proposition for you. It's very Jessica Rabbit y of her. I know. I can't help that I was drawn this way. That's literally like every time I like the beginning with her, I'm like, You're Jessica Rabbit. They literally said, How can we make Jessica Rabbit almost fit into a Lizzie movie? Right, yeah. Very, very sultry. Yes. And I love that she builds up this whole thing about, like, Mr. Whitmore is really scared. Don't look him straight in the eye. Don't, like, she puts all this preface into, like, him. And then Milo gets there, and he's, like, the kookiest billionaire in the world. Right? But I kind of wonder why he didn't reach out to Milo sooner, because it seemed like he was really close to his grandpa, which was weird. Also, the animation for him looks familiar, like they reused some sort of animation. They probably did. It's probably like, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of who could even fit in that that sort of, like, I'm just, I don't know. For some reason, I think of the yoga being like, what kind of animal could fit oh, with that yoga pose? Not an animal, like the, the way they draw the old guy. Like, I think... I need to rewatch. We put it on in the background when we were in Florida. But Hunchback in Notre Dame, there's the guy that's in the cage that it's like, I'm free. I'm stuck again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's the same animation, but it looks really similar. So I kept being like, his animation just looks really familiar. Like, the look of him. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. He's kooky and crazy. But basically, he's like, I funded your grandfather's expeditions for the most part. And he was able to find the journal and he told me to give this to you when, he, when you're ready. It's like that weird plot device of like, I was really close with your grandfather, but we never spoke about it. Right? Yeah. It's, it was the, that part's kind of weird to me, but whatever. Yeah. And the whole, they told me to give this to you when you're ready. Okay, so you're super close to my grandfather, but I never knew you existed. He also wants you to give this to you when I'm ready. But how do you know when I'm ready? When I'm at like my wit's end at my job? So... Gives him the whole thing. He's like, I'm going to fund our expedition. I know where it's at. He has the Shepherd Journal. All that jazz. And he's like, I love that he just is like, what am I going to do about my job? You quit today, remember? What about my cat? Cat's just there. I feel like that would also be you. You'd be like, but what about Kiara? Yeah. What about my dog? Like, he's going to take care of my animal while I'm gone. Yeah. 
I feel like you'd be like, Kara's going with me. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Probably. She would have fun in it like this. So uh, he's also like, oh, we have a whole crew that like went and did Iceland. And they're going to be on this thing again. And he gives like a really quick rundown of these people, which we'll get to them later. But the like, very quick rundown of like, here's all these people. Info dump. And so he's just like, take the chance. Like, go do it. And it'll change your life. So there you go. And that's where he ends up uh, getting on the boat. And it's hilarious because he's like, sees like and thinks, always carrots. Always. He didn't even eat carrots. He's like, yeah, I didn't even eat carrots. So he meets Helga again. He meets, um, oh my God, Rourke, who, Commander Rourke, who is going to be in charge of the entire, you know, crew and everything. And he tells Mr. Wibor, like, thank you. And they close the doors. And then we start meeting all the random little kooky characters. Now, before I get into that, I always get really mad when people talk about how Disney doesn't have enough diversity. And I'm like, this movie is like the epitome of diversity. And nobody gives a credit. That's it drove me nuts. I was like, you have a black man who's the doctor. You have an old man, two old people that are like able to hold their own. You got a young Latina who was able to be the mechanic. Like, I don't understand. And then you have, I don't even know what you would call Wall. Like, I know he's Parisian, but still. Yeah. Then you've got the, isn't, uh, what's the explosive guy's name? Oh, um, he's not sweets. Oh my gosh. Vinny? Is it Vinny? Yeah. Vinny. Yeah. Vinny, who's also. Is he, he Italian? Parisian? Yeah, I think he's Italian. Yeah. So I'm like, again, like you have so many different types of people in this movie and they all look different. Their body shapes are different and everything. And they're like, Disney has no diversity. I'm like, watch Atlantis. Just, just watch this one movie. This one movie. There's so many people. So as we said, we get through all this. We meet, <laughs> I love, um, we meet the Tuck, who is Cookie. Turkey. <laughs> and... He's like, she's like, do they need the basic food groups? I've got your basic food groups. <laughs> Lard, whiskey. Beans and something else. Bacon? Was it bacon? And he also, yes, a bacon, a bacon, whiskey, lard. And he like, but he sounds like four when it's supposed to be three. Yeah. He's a voiced by the wonderful Jim Varney. It's so good. And then Milo gets to his bunk area and instantly sits. Or he sits on his bed and he's like, you're disturbed again. Oh, bowl. So funny. I will say I got very excited um, because if you look at one of the flags, uh, Wales is there. And I was like, hey, it's my people. It's your people. I know. It's so fun. Yeah, this whole part where they like introduce you to all the people. It's like, I blow things up. Yeah, I blow things up. And then they meet uh, Dr. Sweet, who he gives his whole backstory. He's like, my dad's in the military. My mom's Native American. And he just goes through this whole thing, like, very, very fast. He's like, I need you to fill these two things up. With what? It's, it's great. So uh, they, over the intercom, we meet Mrs. Packard, who is just this, I love and she's like, all, she acts like a receptionist, but her job is a lot more important than that. And she's just on the phone all the time. On the phone. Marge, we have to call you back. No, no, no. I'll call you. And so he gets to the, the, the bridge. I was going to say the brig. The bridge. And at the bridge, he's basically explaining how they're going to be able to get into Atlantis and that there's like this pothole in the, not pothole, like a canal in the ocean where they're able to get through. I don't know why I call that a pothole. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I'm going to start calling ocean potholes. <laughs> there you go. Ocean potholes. So they're going through and they hear this weird. Now, this is where I get a little like, I don't know how, you know how, especially with like Indiana Jones too, that we went through this. And these adventure movies, there's always like, there's this thing that didn't exist before. Like those Kraken thingies didn't really exist when they were above water. So why do they exist now? So that's where I'm kind of confused. Well, because they needed to make something. Maybe it did exist and it protected the water around the island. Maybe. That's where I'm just, it's one of those tropes where I'm like, it didn't exist before and now it suddenly does. Well, we don't know how long it's existed. Maybe they built it once the city sank to protect it because there's, they find ships there from all, all the centuries. Yes. So basically, they're trying to get through to find this little, I'm just going to call it the pothole to run the joke. To run the pothole. And they are getting attacked by, they call it like a crab, like it's a crab kraken situation, scorpion, whatever. It's a leviathan. No. Yes. Well, no, because what did he, because it's Vinny when he's like, I something like that, I would make, give it like a white wine. Yeah, no, it's it's called a leviathan. It's just. I I thinking of the joke. It's hilarious that he says like he would like serve it with a white wine. I know the joke, but the monster's called a leviathan. Well, if we're technically, <laughs> it does look very shrimp-like. Yes, as Carolyn said, leviathan. Hundred percent. That's what it's called. So they he gets they get attacked by the leviathan, and the ship is basically like sinking. And I love that Audrey's like, you got five, or she's like, you got like 10 minutes, better make it five, because the ship's about to explode. And so they all get into these emergency, like, pods, and so they're racing through, and a lot of people die. Like, a lot of people die. And so they make it through the the pothole, and they make it into, I guess it's like cave, cavern situation. Yeah, that was the thing that, because I only really remember, like, the core characters, and I like, I'm like, oh, they just killed off like everyone who came with them, pretty much. Yeah. Also, like some of the other people, like this is the thing I don't understand. I don't know if it was just easier to animate, but like some of the people that like survived that are with them just wear gas masks the entire time. Yeah. I mean, I I get it because like you said, it like helps with animation, but at the same time, it's like they shouldn't have to wear the gas masks the whole right? time. I'm like, why is no one else concerned about not wearing a gas mask? I have questions that need to be answered. Dizzy said some of them are concerned with their health. The other ones are like, we're the main character energy. You have to see our face. We'll survive no matter what. It's fine. Yes. So they're making it through and they're trying to figure out how to even get out of the situation and they realize that they are at the bottom of a volcano and that's a dormant volcano that it could burst or explode at any moment and they even do a whole thing where they think that they can get off the top and they realize that the top's even like closed in so they're like closing closer and they've now decided that they are just going to follow milo's lead and milo is basically the map and so all of this is all up to milo and i love that they're like can you drive yeah i know how to drive a stick shift and He's trying to lead them and he, that would be me. I'm so glad I don't have a car that's a stick shift because that, I would be Milo. Yes. And then he gets pulled along by rolls. Yes. I just, I just love that he's like moving the wheel a bit and like, man. And that he also, which I, to be fair, I would also be nervous that I'm in charge of all these people's lives. So I would make some like dumb, dumb mistakes, but his dumb, dumb mistakes sometimes cost people 
some life situations. Yeah, like the fireflies that set everything on fire. Well, I was just going to say, they went the wrong direction at one point, and like this, they came after them. But yes, there's, before we get to the firefly scene, that's where they all start to kind of sort of bond with them, where they're like, hey, we need to be nicer to you, like, come eat dinner with us, which I don't even know what Cookie made, that it makes, like, the fire literally kind of sort of explode. Yeah. Nid lard. Lard. Just just lard. Just, and beans. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know how I would survive that trip. That's what we all learned a little bit more about everybody else and their backstories. Like, I love that Audrey was like, my dad just wanted two boys, wanted to take over in the shop and wanted to be a boxing champion. But me and my sister were able to do it just just as well. And you got Vinny, who wants to open a flower shop. And you got me. They said, don't ask what mole don't talk to, about mole. I didn't want to know, but I was told anyways. But trust me, you didn't want to know. I want to know. Someone tell me. I know we need, you know what? Disney just needs to make a prequel and it's mole story. <laughs> the sequel. To what Mole wants to do with his money. Exactly. Uh, I'm trying to be, oh, and then we have Mrs. Packard, who uh, apparently sleeps in the nude. So they're like, put these on. She sleepwalks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then uh, Milo talks about just how much his grand- like his parents were gone. His grandfather raised him. And his grandfather was the one that like gave him his desire for self or not self-discovery. Um, discovering things and expeditions and all that lovely stuff. And so Milo, in the middle of the night, has to use the restroom, and he accidentally makes all the fireflies come around, and these fireflies are actual fire. And so the camp breaks down. I love that Rourke is just like, oh my god, I'm going to murder this man, because he will let me sleep. So they get out of there, and then they're trying to get out, and they end up, uh, one of the bridges breaks, and so their cars are all messed up. But basically... That's when we start meeting um, some of the Atlanteans. And they've come to see who are these people that are getting really, really close to their city. And they heal Milo with their crystals, which that was also when I started getting obsessed with crystals. Because everybody, like all the people in Atlantis had that. I was like, I have to have a crystal necklace because I want to be Atlantean. So Milo is chasing the Atlanteans. And that's when the rest of the group like breaks through the mountain. Literally. Literally, and I'm like, how, we're, they literally said we're in the middle of this volcano. How do you not know that's going to set it off? How would right? you know? You don't. Um, so they get out and they end up seeing these Atlanteans. And we learn that somehow, somehow, they the way that they explain that they can speak English is just that Atlantean language is rooted in a way that fits all languages. Yeah. But I'm also like, but does it make sense? It doesn't make sense, but we have to make it make sense for the movie. Well, it's the same way that whenever we talk about Pocahontas, I never it never clicked with me that it was just magic made Pocahontas be able to understand English. I was like, wait a second. It's that universal translator that Captain Marvel has. It blew my mind. I was just like, wait a second, because they're like, oh, I can speak French. That's not how that works. Not just because you know a root language. Like, if you learn Latin, it doesn't mean that you automatically know how to speak all the other ones. It just means that you have an easier time to learn the other one. Yep. It's, you know, Disney magic. We're not supposed to question it. <laughs> Disney magic. So we go through all that, and they just go, Welcome to the city of Atlantis. You must meet my father now. And so Rourke tells all the gas mask people. <laughs> 
to stay behind and the main group gets to go. So the main group goes and they meet the king and they're like, the king's basically like, you gotta go. You don't get to stay. You found my city and you're lucky I'm not killing you. You just gotta go. And works like, be reasonable. Just let me like, like, let us stay the night and then we'll leave. Like, okay. And then they basically are all like, he's hiding something. We don't know what he's hiding. And we also got the signed conversation with Helga and Rourke about like, people weren't supposed to be down here. Like our job is like different now. Like this is, this is that good. And he's like, it changes nothing. We stick with the plan. And so they're like, what is he hiding? We don't know. And so Milo is going to basically woo Kita into giving all the information. And so basically they do a 20 questions, but one person goes and the other person goes. So she basically asks, she asks all about his life and how he's a linguist and the people that he's with and all of that. And then he basically learns that she was there the day that Atlanta sank, healer, and he's like, well, you look really good. Right? Which, right about the point where I was like, how old is she? Are they gonna, like, explain this? And, I mean, then they immediately were like, oh, I'm like, yeah, 8,000 years old, but, like, the crystal, like, extends their lives. Like, I was like, okay, again, kind of a cop-out, but whatever. Like, I get it. This was kind of like the advanced technology and advanced medicine. I was like, I don't know if medicine's supposed to keep you alive for like 20,000 years. Right? We're just going to skip over the whole, basically, you have immortality with this crystal type thing. Yeah. But, you know, it, but that's where we also learn that she says their, like, their way of life is dying, their culture is dying. So, like, I don't know what that means. Because when I thought about it, I was like, are they, like, the people aren't dying off. <laughs> no, but it's like, remember when she, like, because then they go to the ship next. And she's like, I don't know how to use it. And like, they can't read the old Atlantean. It's very weird, given that I feel like they probably knew how to do all of those things. Like her dad had to know how to read Atlantean. Like why? I, I And if the crystals keep everyone alive for a really long time, like they all should be able to read and know how to use like the ships that they have. I, it's all just very weird. But yeah, it seems like none of them know how to like use the like fish ships you know it i it yeah it's very weird i get the concept of like as the older generations die you lose your culture because it just gets muddled and doesn't get passed down but then the whole like longevity thing just does not make any sense with that concept it's also if you live forever teach them the culture yeah exactly like like if this was like oh this is like the like great 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 granddaughter of these people that would make way more sense like that that's how it should have been done but it's fine yeah anyways um we also get to see she takes everybody around the city too so like even our um other heroes get to walk around and see like the different foods that exist and the culture and the life that's there i also love that cookie has a map of the united states but it's not complete even by that standard even though there's a couple seats still missing at that point he still has like 30, he's like, there's a 30 something state. You want to see Rhode Island dance? <laughs> dance, baby, dance. It's so funny. I love him. And I also love she can't get it together. She's like, your doctor is kindly and your this person and your mechanic is sweet. And Audrey is, well, I'm just, he's like close enough. But basically, they, as you said, they show the ships, doesn't know how to do the ships. I also love that he's just like, it's just like my, my students. They're like, did you follow all the directions? Of course I did. I read it a bunch of times. 
Well, did you do this? Did you do this? How about this? Ah, no. Well, that's why it didn't work. Yes, silly news. And that's when they also go, hey, there's this thing that I can't read under the water anymore. Uh, Can you help me out? And this is also, again, this was in the trailer a bunch of times where she's like, you swim, do you not? I swim pretty good, pretty girl. Yep. They say girl takes off her skirt and boys lose their mind. Lose their mind. And I'm like, she's not even, she's literally wearing a bathing suit. Like something that like is super normal, not anything crazy. I'm like, Milo, did you ne-? like, I'm confused. Is this the first girl you've ever talked to? Because I'm confused. Yes. Yes. So I don't even know how they're able to hold their breath that long because I would not have been able to. Uh, you know, magic, Atlantean magic. Because I can understand Kira. Like Kira probably has a lot of practice. But Milo, I'm like, home oh, dude, you have the, your lungs are like the size of like a, a can of soda. Yeah, Milo is not the fit type. I'm pretty sure that he has, like, it's not, obviously we don't know this, but I'm like, he looks like the type of guy that has asthma. Like, he carries it in the other weapon. Yes. So, uh, they come back to the service, or sorry, they before they come back to the service, he's like, oh, there's, and I totally skipped over this big part. Now, in the Shepherd's Journal, there's pages missing, and he's super frustrated because he's like, there's this, like, power source that they're talking about, but, like, the pages are skipped, so, like, I don't know why that part's missing. And so he, when he's going down into the thing with Kida, he sees like, okay, this is the power source that has been missing in the pages of the Shepherd's Journal, but like, I'm trying to piece the two together and I can't figure it out. And so they come back to the surface. That's where we find out that everybody's a bad guy. And looking at, I'm trying to like, because again, Disney loves doing the Disney twists now. And that's like, I think it started in this era of like, who do you think is the good guy is actually the bad guy. And they started doing that again when Frozen came back. Because I remember when Frozen did that, I was like, the twist. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm trying to do this for a while. Right. Yeah, you think. And I couldn't remember because I, like, one of the things that I did remember was that Rook and Helga were, like, the bad guys. But I couldn't remember if the guy who, like, planned the expedition was the bad guy as well. But he ended up, he's fine. He's just he's just negligent. He just throws his money and things and hopes for the best. Yep, he's just a kooky old professor. And so they basically are like, we need to find this power source because that's going to make us rich. And it's kind of it's funny because it's in the same vein as what Indiana Jones was saying. Like, if we don't like, if you don't bring things to museums, you just have an empty building. So I I get it, but I also am also with Milo where like if it. If there weren't people there, it would be a great discovery to bring back into a museum. But people live here, and you kind of need to let their things be the way that it is. So they all say that, <clears throat> reading the pages, it says that the, key, the heart of Atlantis lies in the eyes of its king. And so they go back to the king, being like, where is this power source? Where is this like thing that's going to make us super duper rich? And the king's like, nope, I'm not telling you where it is. And they basically kill the king. And they hit him, but like he dies in a few minutes. But like they basically kill the king. And so they go down into this secret chamber that basically has all of the ancestors of the past. And it's just like this swirling source with these carvings of the old kings of the past, which I wonder if they're all kings or if, because I know she says like kings of our past. But I'm like, does that mean she's the first queen to ever exist in Atlantean history? Possibly. So we get to that part and that's where we have the really cool animation sequence where Kita looks and she goes into the power crystal or the power source or whatever. And she comes out and she's just like a zo- like a zombie. 
crystal situation. And they're like, we're just going to take her back to the surface. And which I don't even know. Like, I get how they said the way of life would be good. Cause even when that happens, we see in a couple of scenes where like they're taking her across the bridge and literally like everything stops existing. Like the water doesn't run anymore and like the plants and all that stuff. So I'm just trying to figure out like what would have happened if she just stayed up there? Like, would she have just been like, like, I know he said that she would have been lost to the crystal, but like, I don't, like that's just her what would have it's just i don't know it's a one-up situation of what that would have been like and she went stayed up there yeah i think it just would have been like her mom where she just gets absorbed by the crystal yeah which i'm trying to figure out why this happened with kita and it didn't happen with the mom like the mom just disappeared but kita gets to be a crystal yeah i don't know like again it's i like your questions okay so as they're taking kita basically the king is like hey we like please save my daughter. Like she's all I've had left. Like she's so important. And like, she basically, he gives the kind of sort of back history as to why Atlantis sank to begin with, which is, as you said before, he was super ambitious, which doesn't match up with the story we saw in the beginning. But basically it just says that he was too ambitious and he wanted to wield the power for his own and use it to weaponize it and go against his enemies. But in the end, the gods got angry and turned it against him, punished them, and sent them down to the bottom of the sea. And so he's like, we need to get it back, because otherwise Atlantis will die without the source. So they go back to go get her. Um, I also love, right before that happens, that Sweets is like, we'll follow you to whatever you want, Milo. And he's like, I'm sorry, you want to trust me when I literally led all of you here to destroy a civilization that's been lost for centuries? Okay. Yeah, because all of them switched sides as they were taking Kida away. They were like, "No, we're gonna stay here." So all of the all of the gas mask people, Rourke and Helga go <laughs> nameless gas mask people. I'm just now I'm not gonna be able to unthink that every time I see this movie now. Not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they basically decided they're going to use the fish flighty weapon. Thinking I don't even know what they would be called. Just flight fishes. Flying fish? Yeah. What you said sounds better. I also love that Vinny's like, do you really think sporty like a tuna? Right. <laughs> I just, it's great. And so they all go to St. Kita, and that's when we have our huge battle sequence that takes place at the bottom of the volcano. And I love that Rourke like, is also a double crosser, and like, which... I don't even know how Helga survived that fall enough. Oh my to gosh, I don't. Yeah, because they've got like the like a hot air balloon. Which again, I was like, how did they? Did they know they were going to need all of these things? Like, there's so many like tools and a lot of vehicles got destroyed, but somehow the hot air balloon still makes it. But yeah, he like chucks her off of that, and yeah, she like yeah somehow survives the fall. And I mean, I get she's like laying down there, just like oh, take that. But yeah. For, it's so I don't know why but when I watched I think I watched Atlantis not long after watching Black Widow and she Helga just gives me like Black Widow vibes definitely like I don't know why I just watched it, I was like is she part of is she part of like the Black Widow society because like in some multiverse <laughs> so you know what she's it's not actually Helga it's Yelena yeah but I will say it's a bit old but yeah parallel universes the multiverse so that's when we also, it's also, I'm not going to lie, as a kid, the way that Rourke transforms is creepy. So basically, they accidentally break the 
I guess, the view hole for Akita. And so it's got a piece of the crystal in it. And so Milo slices uh, Rourke and I guess it gets into the system and turns him into a crystal. And because of that, he ends up like still being alive somehow, which again, don't know how that works, but he was alive long enough to go after Milo. And then he got destroyed by the, I don't even know what it is, like the ceiling fan of the hot air balloon. Yeah, it is crazy. It is terrifying though, like that whole animation sequence. And I was the like, noise oh, this is scary. <laughs> yeah. As I was watching, I was like, ah, oh, this is scary. Yes. I, as a kid, I was like, how was I not more scared of this? I was scared of the nightmare sequence in Goofy Movie, but not this. I'm confused. Right. It's so funny what our ch- children brain is like, I'm scared of this, but not this. Exactly. So that's when the explosion happens, and that's what causes the volcano to no longer be dormant, and it is going to explode. Yep. Then they rush Kida back to the to the city, and she saves them all. And they do the whole the whole sequence all over again that we got to see in the beginning, but in more detail. And so they get saved, and that's when we find out that Kida somehow, some way, met up with her mother in the crystal. Because she got her little bracelet back that she, her mother took from her when she was taken the first time. So again, don't know how that works. Like it was, it's a great sentimental moment. Don't get me wrong. I think it's really cute and touching. But how? Crystal magic. Crystal magic. It's the force. Kyber crystals. Kyber crystals. And so with that being said, the rest, they give them all these riches because Kina's like, we don't need all this. Like, it's, I don't even know what we would need it for. And they're like, oh my God, it's gold. Like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And Milo decides to stay behind. And so I love, and I also didn't notice, I, I was only a couple years ago that I understood the ending of the movie that I thought that they all came up with the lie and was telling the Whitmore what happened. Not, hey, we're all rehearsing the story to make sure. And we're all on the same page about what happened. Right. As they're all decked out in their like jewels and their finery. And some would say that he got discombobulated and turned into a great crystal. He's missing. He's missing. <laughs> oh, I love Cookie. And I love that Milo sent the picture of his grandfather was like, you guys are both right. Here's a crystal from Atlantis. And Kita creates a stone for her father to be put into the ancestors and that's how we end our movie nice little bow yes so with that being said i think i still love this movie regardless i think it's great but there's just so many plot holes that i don't like i can see why people are like this movie's not that great because it, this has too many like what oh my, what's the term where everything just happens coincidentally the way it's supposed to like for the plot it's a it's a long term I, yeah, I don't remember it, but yeah, it's everything is like very, it's not serendipitous. I don't, I don't know the word that I'm trying to think of, but yeah, it's like everything happens, like even like the bad things, it's not that's like they needed to happen. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just everything is very coincidental. Yeah, they all, it all just follows the, the way that in order for the movie to fall forward, everything falls into place the way it's supposed to. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is bad, but we still ended up where we needed to be. Exactly. So, I don't know. I still really like this movie, but there's there's a lot of plot holes. It's, it's super simplistic, and it's cool and adventurous, but definitely, I, of all the movies that they keep doing these freaking live actions for, this is the one that I feel like 
could be turned into a really cool live action and would fix the plot holes. You can explain a lot more. Yeah, they could do a lot more. But I'll, yeah, I agree because uh, it's like when they when they go through the pothole after the Leviathan, it's like then they travel by like cars through the earth, but it's all like carved and then they run into snow. And I'm just like, how? I don't. And yet we needed to go on a journey, but this isn't like the Mines of Moria. So I I don't I don't understand. It's not like dwarves cur- cur- cor- cor- oh my gosh. carved all of this. Maybe the Atlanteans did, but it's not like there's like they're finding like runes along the way. It's just there's just things. But I do like I love the animation like and like rewatching it. I forgot that they did some of those cool like cgi things with this movie and so like that was fun to like rewatch and just how like pretty a lot of the animation is in this one i enjoyed and i enjoy a lot of the characters too so like i'll like forgive like plot hole stuff when that happens the whole like crew are probably like my favorite like milo's whatever and you know he's like funny but i like the, the crew best yeah for sure so carolyn if you could rate this movie again out of crystals, what would you give it? I'll probably still give it a seven. It's, you know, there's plot holes, but it's solid. It's definitely a, a movie that is enjoyable to watch, even with like the things that we discussed. But yeah, it's, so I'm going to keep it at a seven. What about you, Rod? I'm going to knock it down to an eight. It's like I said, I still really enjoy this movie. I love the mythology behind it. I love the animation. I do like Milo just because I could relate to a character that like was super obsessed with mythology and had glasses and all that stuff. But the plot holes now looking at him just like, I don't, I get it's a kid's movie, but you could also like fix the plot holes. You can make it consistent. Exactly. So I'm giving it the 8 out of 10. But um, we did it. We got through another, we got through one of, I think our first real like standalone animated movie. Well, technically, it's not standalone because didn't they do a direct-to-DVD sequel? So, kind of Florida, because I was I tried to look this up because I watched it. And I was like, this seems so weird. It's so episodic, which I learned it was supposed to be because this was the age when all the the big Disney movies got a TV show. They made like three or four episodes of the TV show, and then it got canceled. So they're like, we're just gonna lump it together as the sequel to Atlantis. Interesting. Because I remember there being a sequel. Yeah, no. If you look at it, they're not even in Atlantis. They go to these random other places that they're exploring. So it's not even Atlantis. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I haven't ever watched it. I was just like vaguely remember. So I, well, we'll call it a standalone then. Cause... Yeah, because I'm realizing like, the, even the ones that we did last year that were standalone, there was like Hocus Pocus is live action. Santa Claus is live action. If you, Besides Nightmare Short Christmas, this is like the first real animated one that we've done by itself. Yes. And then we're going into, well, I don't know if you can say Big Hero 6 stands by itself because they've done a bunch of shows now. But the next one we're going to watch is one of my favorite animated movies. And we're going to watch Big Hero 6. Woo-woo! Ironically, she still can't get away from Marvel. But I, it's so good. It's like, it's uh, so good. It is so good. so good. I'm so excited to watch this movie again. It's been a while since I've watched it, and I'm very excited to watch it again. This was, this was tough because there's a lot of, I mean, we already talked about like Frozen and some of those, and it was like, 
Zootopia is so good. Like, there's like this like era of like movies that happened that are also like Wreck Ralph and love it. You do know that it's also in the MCU too, right? Like that. Like there's that little. Yes, I, mean, I forget which one is it. Which Iron Man is it? Oh, I don't remember which Iron Man it's in. I want to say it's Iron Man two. I think it could be, but no, it it. Stan Lee has a cameo. Like it's he just. Does. I love it. It's so good. I can't wait to talk about it. But until then, how can you find you on the internet, Carolyn? You can find me at Coffee and Chaos Magic and Rod. Where can people find you? You can find me at The Only Rod. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we are Disney Geeks The Pod. And until then, it's for Pretty Girl, Pretty Good. <laughs>